Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Evan Neal. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. I decided that I wanted to do like a little kind of book summary mini review thing of everything I've read over the last three months. I was thinking if I did this every quarter like every three months um I don't know I get I get really good feedback when I post on my Instagram about any anything I'm reading and when I do my little like summaries at the end once I finished it uh, on my stories people are always giving me really good feedback and just saying how much they appreciate it and that they have started reading thanks to me and um that they're really enjoying my recommendations so I thought if I could maybe go into a little bit more detail in these than I would I don't really know if I I don't know when I was when I was going through all my highlights and everything to do this podcast I was thinking god I could actually spend a whole podcast talking about one book but I don't know if that's something any people would be interested in. I listen to a podcast that does that. It's called A Need to Read. Uh, this guy called Ed from England. His podcast is really good. He basically like does a podcast on every single book he reads once he finishes it. And a lot of the time he also will interview the author if he can get them on. Yeah, I don't really know if that's what I'm going for though. I think maybe I'll just stick to listening to it. But I figured this would be a good way as well for me to like remember I don't know sometimes when you read a book and then you finish it and you move on to the next one and it kind of just like all the important points kind of just leave your brain because you're just straight on to the next one and you don't have time to like consolidate those memories and what you learned from it whereas when I'm going back to do this I'm finding I'm remembering so much more but yeah basically my new year's resolution was to read at least one book a month now I knew I would go over that but that was just kind of like a baseline obviously there are times where like this month I only read one book whereas like coming into summer or times when I'm not in uni and just and just generally have less on I'll obviously be able to read away more than that like sometimes I'll even read two a week but I just figured if I can keep it nice and consistent and make sure that I'm at least reading one every month then that's a good starting point uh, so I did read seven books over the last three months of which two were fictional so two novels and five non-fiction I definitely want to read more fiction like switch it up a little bit more this next these next coming months just because I did find the more I don't know the way I think it's best to do it is to read fiction and then non-fiction fiction non-fiction and keep alternating them like that and that way you stay really engaged and yeah sometimes I think when you go from non-fiction to non-fiction back to back like it's just so much for your brain to take on and it can end up get taking you really long to get through them so yeah I think I'll try alternating it a little bit more in the future. So I'll start off by just talking about the fiction books that I read. So they were actually both books by Sally Rooney, who is an Irish author. She wrote Normal People, which has become so popular now from the series on, was it Channel 4, I think? Which I am obsessed with that series. Like, I think it's one of my favourite series to date. And I don't really know why. Like, I don't know, there's something so endearing about it. And I think as well, because it's Irish, it just makes me love it 10 times more. But after watching the series, obviously there's always those people being like, oh, the book was so much better. Or But then there was also the other side and there was people saying the series was so much better than the book. I feel weird reading something that I've already watched. I'd rather 
do it in reverse I think once you've already watched something and then you try and read it you end up just like playing out all the scenes in your head and it's just not the same as if you were to do the other way around and like use your imagination so I when I finished watching normal people I was like and everyone was raving about Sally Rooney as an author I decided I would read conversations with friends instead so I read that and I actually really loved it it her style of writing is a little bit weird I don't really know how to describe it it's very informal and but but the way it's written makes it so easy for you to just fly through it if that makes sense because it's just really it's not really like full sentences and like stopping and starting it's just kind of really quick to the point like very conversational as if you are just kind of watching something I guess and I just really liked the storyline um I got very lost in it I think I finished it in like two or three days and then after that I was like right fuck I'm gonna have to read normal people now because I love that aren't I so I got normal people so that was my second fictional book and I just I didn't like it I didn't think it was half as good as the series in the book I kept getting like really frustrated and I don't know the way Marianne and Connell like don't communicate properly and there's all like there's but there's so much to it in terms of like his anxiety and her like struggle to show emotion like there's all these elements to why they don't communicate things and in the series you see that so well and whereas in the book you're just sitting there like why wouldn't he just say that like it doesn't really I don't know I just I just didn't think it was written as well as it was played out I just thought the characters or sorry that well the actors and actresses in normal people played them so so well also I just didn't think the way her relationship with her family was described extremely well in the book whereas again in the in the series it was yeah it was just done so well so I wouldn't really recommend reading normal people to be honest I'd recommend watching it and I would recommend reading conversations with friends okay so then on to non-fiction so the first non-fiction book I read this quarter was why I'm no longer talking to white people about race and I know this was a big like when the initial Black Lives Matter movement was happening in America well all over the world but um when it started in America this was one of the books that was being recommended to people to read when people were saying like what what can we read to educate ourselves so I know it's taken me a long time to get around it but I read it and I could not recommend this more I think it's such an incredible book the way it's written and everything that it covers is just it's it's so good so it's broken down into seven chapters the first one is about the history of the UK and like British colonialism and how racism basically stems stems from our history which is so important to learn because obviously going to school in the UK you only learn like they just sugarcoat everything I feel like they don't tell you I don't know they're just like oh and the British conquered this and then they conquered that and the British are great and uh, I don't know like they just don't actually give you the reality of anything which is yeah I don't really understand why they're trying to like protect us from knowing because we need to learn from what's happened in the past otherwise we're just gonna keep making the same mistakes. The second chapter is called The System so it's all about systemic racism I, to be honest, did not know too much about systemic racism. All I knew of it was kind of like to, everything to do with US policing 
Uh, just from watching the documentary 13th, I knew there was like so much institutionalized racism within the authorities in America, but obviously there's so much more to it than that. It's not just the police for one and it's not just in America, it's where we live as well. The third chapter is all about white privilege. I thought this chapter was really good. I think so many people when they're younger especially love to think that they're of the mindset that they don't see colour and that you know they just view everyone the same and colour doesn't matter but uh, it's actually really important to recognise that there are differences in colour and how that affects people and, and how that impacts your life. I thought this chapter was so good and then Chapter four is fear of a black planet. Five is the feminism question. Uh, This is kind of what introduced me to intersectional feminism as well. And this was a really good chapter. And six is about race and class. And then seven is called there's no justice. There's just us. So yeah, if I could recommend you one book out of everything I read over the last three months, this would definitely be it. So next I read two books by a girl called Chidera. Chidera or I can't remember how you pronounce her name Chidera or Chidera Eguru so I read both her books What a Time to Be Alone and How to Get Over a Boy How to Get Over a Boy was really good it taught me a lot about boundaries I think I'm definitely guilty of like not setting clear boundaries and then it becomes an issue over time with like all of my relationships <laughs> so I thought it was really good for that it, it's also she speaks a lot about male entitlement and privilege and about just like growing up and living in a patriarchy and internalized misogyny all that kind of stuff she also touched a little bit on attachment styles which has really made me want to read Attached by Adam Levine I'm definitely going to get that soon so I did really enjoy how to get over a boy but I didn't really feel the same about what a time to be alone I don't know it just felt very like cliche or something every page it was almost like it was trying to just be like this pretty cliche quote that you could put on your Instagram story if that makes sense but it also didn't have chapters and like a start middle and end so there was just no direction it was just kind of like page after page of cliche quote and then a little paragraph here and there and then some like cool artwork the artwork was cool in it I'll give her that but yeah I don't know there was some good points in it about you know like raising your standards and not settling for less about red flags um about emotional unavailability manipulation things like that but I will say I did not enjoy this half as much as I enjoyed how to get over a boy Also, don't be put off by the title of How to Get Over a Boy. You don't necessarily have to be going through a breakup or, yeah, you could literally be in a happy marriage and read it. It's more, it's just a good book in general for working on yourself and knowing how to set clear boundaries and knowing your worth, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Okay, so next up is Lost Connections. I always see Sinead Hegarty talking about this one. I've wanted to read it for a while. But basically, it's written by Johan Hari, and his theory is that there's nine main causes of depression and anxiety, and that all are like a type of disconnection. So the nine causes he he puts forward, and these are like split into different chapters, is disconnection from meaningful work, disconnection from other people, from meaningful values, from childhood trauma, from status and respect, from the natural world 
from a hopeful future and then he explains the real role of genes and brain changes and then sorry the second part of the book focuses on like reconnecting to these things so it is a very practical book in that aspect he's not just like laying out his uh theory of what causes these things and then just like leaving you there to sit on it he does uh give very like practical advice at the end of the book it's a lot of like experiments and um and studies and talking to professors and other people around the world about all these different things it kind of also has like a sapiens element to it if you enjoyed sapiens i do think you'll probably enjoy this because he keeps going back to how we were when we lived in tribes and how we've evolved and why these mutations or why we have these things in us why they've developed that way and why they benefit us and um how we've like disconnected from that part of ourselves yeah it's a really really interesting read and I do feel like I could talk about this one for ages I'm not gonna bother going into like every different thing but basically he kind of talks about his struggle with antidepressants and shows kind of like the science behind them and how they haven't necessarily been proven to work that much more than what like the placebo effect and basically he goes on to say about like how malleable your brain actually is so like you're constantly your brain's constantly subject to change depending on how you use it the same way any other muscle in your body would be he uses a really good example of this and says like if you were to come in for an x-ray on your arm on your broken arm sorry and then you were like given all these exercises and things to do and told to come back in half a year and then got an x-ray on the same arm obviously your arm's gonna look different because you've been training it and using these exercises and doing these things to help improve the uh, muscle so in the same way you can do that with your brain so like if you looked at a London taxi driver's brain the part of their brain associated with spatial awareness is going to be so much bigger than the normal person but then if they stop doing that and then they forget all these things down the line then it's just going to decrease like the normal person's again so it's kind of I don't know he talks about things in a sciencey way and he also talks about things in like a way you can relate to if that makes sense with like stories and anecdotes and things and the last book I read which actually took me the whole of March to read I don't know why it took me so long I think because I did really enjoy it as a book but so it's called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker and as much as I enjoyed it it's kind of hard to sit down and like it's not like a novel where you can just get lost and read like 50 pages and it goes you know what I mean like it's a bit of a struggle to even read six I would say at a time but it is a really good book really worthwhile reading I actually think everyone in the world would benefit from reading this again a lot a lot of studies a lot of research experiments different things backing like backing up everything he's saying with science but then also kind of presenting the information to you in a very like conversational manner and make it really making it really easy to digest but yeah I did really enjoy this book and it's definitely made me realize how much more I need to prioritize sleep there's some crazy crazy statistics in there as well different things about like car crashes and when I say car crashes I mean like your chance of being in a car crash if you get like less sleep um also just like how it affects your health from every single aspect whether that's physically or mentally sleep just affects you in every single way you can possibly think of 
yeah he goes a lot into like the different types of sleep and uh talks about the effects of like caffeine and alcohol and all these different things like blue light the effects of all these things on sleep and there's a really good part in the book where it's kind of like a little like sarcastic ad and it's like amazing breakthrough scientists have discovered something that makes you live longer enhances your memory makes you more creative makes you look more attractive keeps you slim lowers your food cravings wards off colds and flus lowers your risk of heart attack and stroke and diabetes you'll feel happier less depressed and anxious are you interested and it's just like a sarcastic little kind of joke ad at the start of one of the chapters because sleep does all of these things but if that was a thing that drug companies were selling to people people would pay crazy money to get to get their hands on it yet sleep is something that we all have access to for free yeah I definitely need to work on he, he has like at the very end of the book he has his 12 kind of like key things you should do to get into better sleeping pattern and I'm gonna try and make sure I'm sticking to them because sometimes my sleeping just goes so haywire but I've also learned that as well and it makes so much more sense now that people are like genetically wired to either be night owls or like morning people and I've been living my whole life trying more and more to be a morning person and it just never works I'm just not a morning person and now I understand that I'm just genetically not supposed to be a morning person but that doesn't give you an excuse to lie until 11 o'clock every day (laughs) no I think like it's just the difference of getting being able to get up at like seven or being able to get up at nine it's not sleeping until one o'clock till your day's nearly over but yeah we are like the only species to exist that tries to manipulate our natural sleeping cycle so before like lights or anything were invented obviously it just started to get dark and then you naturally would go to bed and then wake up as it started to get light but now that we're living in like constantly illuminated buildings and um then using alarm clocks to wake us up early in the morning and terminate our sleep early. Yeah, it's it's just fucking with us so much in like health-wise. Also, alarms trigger like the fight or flight response in your body. Because if you think about it, when we were good asleep, when the humans were good asleep in tribes, if they had to like, if something shocked them to wake them up out of their sleep like that, it would be like a threat. So your body automatically your cortisol levels spike so much and you're into like fight or flight mode and that's just to get up every single morning and but imagine you're doing that but but then snoozing it like 10 times you're set you're doing that 10 times to your body it's crazy and you don't think about these things and also you're not taught about these things like you're taught about the effects of alcohol and drugs and I don't know, you, there's education and all these different things, but you never really taught about sleep, I don't think, in school and the how important it is and uh, how it affects your concentration and your, and your ability to perform. And I think it's definitely something that needs, that needs more focus in the education system. There was a really astonishing fact or statistic that Matthew Walker gave in part of the book. And it's basically... He thinks it's like obscene that schools start so early. We start a little bit later in the UK compared to America, but apparently in America, some of their schools will like start at 7.30 in the morning. So this county in Wyoming in US in the, in the States changed their start times from half seven to 8.55. So basically delayed the start time by an hour and a half. And they saw a reduction in 70% 
of traffic accidents amongst their students. How crazy is that? And to put that into context, when anti-lock brake technology was introduced, accidents reduced by 25%. So just an hour and a half more sleep had that much of an effect on traffic accidents compared to anti-lock brake technology. So crazy. And also, apparently, on the the day, you know, the day that you, like, lose sleep when we go into daylight savings and the clocks go forward by an hour, everyone loses an hour of sleep. Apparently, there's, like, a huge spike in cardiac arrest and in, in traffic accidents due to falling asleep at the wheel the next day. So that's how much even just one hour of sleep can affect us. So, yeah, it was a really, really interesting book with some crazy studies done. But if, if you can't be bothered reading it, he ha- he's actually on a lot of podcasts. That's why I actually bought his book in the first place. I think I listened to his podcast with Deliciously Ella and then also his one with Chris Evans. And he's just such an interesting person to listen to. He's literally dedicated his whole life to studying sleep. His voice also is really soothing. So, yeah, if you can't be bothered reading the book or you're not sure about it, then definitely give his podcast a go first and then you can decide after that so yeah that's everything i've read over the last three months do let me know if you have enjoyed this different style of podcast obviously i would only be doing it every three months if i was to carry on doing it but yeah let me know if it's something you would be interested in me carrying on Also, if you have any good book recommendations, they're always very welcome. If you want to keep up with what I'm reading as I'm reading it, make sure to keep an eye out on my Instagram story because I'm literally always posting on there when I'm starting and finishing different books. But yeah, as always, thank you so much for the continued support and I will speak to you next time.